Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. On this week's show, Lessons from the Farm. As you probably know, agriculture is the top industry in this state. We've got team members who've experienced that lifestyle firsthand. What farming can teach us about finances. Plus, a chance for you to win a copy of your retirement should be more. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Good Saturday morning, everybody. Welcome in once again to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show, broadcasting all across the state of Arkansas. We hope you're having a fine February weekend. My name is Scott Inman. Janet Walker to my right. Chad Roller to my left. The Gen Wealth Roll Call absent today is John Shrewsbury. He's resting his voice. There's no truth to the rumor that he didn't want to talk about farming. <laughs> City slicker <laughs> wimped out on us. His, his experience level is low on that <laughs> in that category. However, we will give him credit for understanding Arkansas ease yes. because you and, and, and John created this cow story that probably many of uh, our listeners and certainly our clients are very familiar with. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about how that how he came about with that. Well, you know, we've talked in the past about shares and mutual funds, and we'll be talking to a group of people or even to a couple, and we notice every single time their eyes just kind of start to glaze over it. And we realize, you know, I know I understand you and you understand me, but I think to them we kind of sound like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah, 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 wah. And, and so we began to think about, all right, how do we put this in Arkansas, so to speak? And so that's where we came up with the cow story. And I'll never forget, if, if you're a listener to 103.7 The Buzz, you know who Tommy Smith is, and Tommy... He just went berserk over the cow story. He went, I get it, I get it, I get it. I mean, I've never understood any of this investing stuff, but that made sense. And he still gets that excited about the cow story. And frankly, we try to put everything that we do into common terms. We use the phrase in our office, 10 to 2. You know, mm-hmm. if, if industry jargon is at a level 10, then when we're talking to investors, it needs to be at a level 2. And not that investors are not in intelligent. It's just they've not been exposed to that type of jargon. Just like today, we're going to be talking about farming. You know, you could even having grown up on a farm, because I was the daughter in the family, not the son, you could quickly lose me on some of the industry jargon, even in farming. Mm -hmm. And so that's okay that you don't know all the terminology. We want you to understand what's important. But now, Janet, can you go to eBay and still buy a copy of that CD farm story? Or is it the the cow story? The cow story, yeah. Yeah, that that was it. Well, you can't get it on eBay because nobody sells their original copies, Chad. Come on. I mean, everybody has kept those. We still have a few in, you know, the, the back, back, back closet here somewhere at GenWealth. It was our DVD debut. Try to say that one. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was they don't amazing. They don't use those anymore, really. Right. Stop, Scott. I'm telling you. <laughs> you. You blink and we're in a new format. That's right. That's but I, right. I bet it is. It is in your retirement. should be more, though, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. cow well, story, among other things. Well, I, I think we reference it. I don't remember if we – did we actually it? tell it? I, I don't. Th- I don't now. think we did, now that I think about it. But yeah. but it is still available in various formats. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great uh, example of Genwell's drive to be education-driven. And, and that education uses analogies a lot. You hear us on this show talk a lot about sports analogies. John likes to do that. We like to do that. We understand sports in Arkansas. Yeah. And so we thought today, hey, we understand farming in Arkansas. I, I would venture a guess to say that uh, of all the people listening today, that someone has been touched by farming in some way. You may yeah. not have a, a high level knowledge of it, but certainly uh, as rural as this state is, Chad, you grew up in Bologna. I grew up in Stuttgart. You grew up in East Arkansas. I, I don't even know if I, I put I'm a city gonna, on it. I'm, I'm going to tell the story. Okay. I grew up in Moro, M O R O, and you know, a person from Moro is called a moron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm an official moron. It's okay. I'm very proud of it. Um, Moro is a spot in the road in the Brinkley Mariana Forest City area yeah. in eastern yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. That's so, why I said yeah. eastern Arkansas. I didn't know yeah. it was in a city, or, or that's not a well, city. Well, I was, get this, I was outside of the city limits of yeah. Moro. Yeah. Now that's going some. 
Yeah, my, just saying. My youngest asked me the other day the difference between a city and a town. Mm. I don't. I don't know that I can really. I know it when I see it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a city. That's a town. Yeah. These, we grew up in towns. Yeah. Yeah. But think about where we're at right now, Scott. As far as here in Saline County, think about just twenty, thirty years ago. What this location oh, even yeah. looked like. That's right. You know, when you think about going back, so I, I'm sure a lot of the listeners out there can can relate to the changes that have been made. If you if you think about the Alcoa Exchange where Target and those apartments, it was a cow story. Mm-hmm. There was a pasture out there and there were cattle. I, and I'm sure a lot of people remember that just driving up and down I-30. There was actually a big black statue of a cow out there mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah. I looked up the top five uh, agriculture sectors in Arkansas. Want to take a guess on number one? I was a, not. I guess not really surprised about it, but I wasn't thinking about it when I when I looked it up. I think Northwest Arkansas. Northwest Arkansas. And that makes crops. me think chicken not crops. That's it. Broilers, young chickens is number one. I, I didn't know that broilers was the term. That's what for it that. said online. Okay. Rice is number two. I, I thought that'd be number one. I did too. Gr- growing up in in, in Stuttgart, yeah. I thought, man, that's got to be number one. Soybeans was number three. Cattle was number four. Cotton, number five. So we still grow a lot of cotton in Arkansas. Yep. Those Chad, are the top five. Chad, I don't know what kind of farm you grew up on, but I, I do understand that you actually have a personal cow story that you may or may not want to share, well, but it's, well, it's from your it, adult life. Yeah, there, there are a couple from my adult life that I had to learn the hard way. Uh, when you, you know, you, you kind of get away from the farm and then you have to go back every so often and help out uh, because that's, you know, that's basically the farm life. You, you don't always get away from it, but, uh, you know, things... Uh, things don't really change a whole lot around the farm. You're still, we always dealt with uh, the gr- the farm I grew up on was a four-legged stock market, as our family <laughs> called it. So it was a beef cattle farm. Uh, but it, and it was, uh, you know, there was a lot of experiences. And now yeah. that you get older, you look back and you think, you know, I, I'm grateful for a lot of those experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and looking at our, our, our show prep today, you know, we, we looked at one of the things that we, uh, we learned uh, on the farm was stewardship, and I, yeah. I I equate that also with respect. Mm. Yeah, and just having a general respect about life and the things that go on in life. But Scott, you you said one of the the other things that we may not uh, also in agriculture in Arkansas is the minnow and goldfish farms. Yeah, that's huge. There, there yeah, is a large. Yeah. So there is a big diversity within mm-hmm. Arkansas. So I know a lot of people out there. Um, that are listening have had some type of experience, but Janet, I think uh, going back to to what we wanted to talk about first was stewardship and the fact that having uh, having the stewardship and the respect of growing up in the farm and the lessons that you learn. So, so let's talk about the word steward for just a minute. Um, my son's name is actually Stuart, which has the same meaning. So this is a conversation we have on an ongoing basis in our household about, about honoring the name that you have even. And so what it means to be a steward, if you go back to older time period when there was a lord of the manor, that type of thing, they had a steward who cared for everything that they owned. So the realization was, I don't own any of this and and frankly for us and and I know everybody's different on this but for us that's a, it's a very spiritual conversation I don't know anything that I have I know on paper as far as legally I do but it's not mine it is mine to steward it is mine to take care of and so when you start with that mindset it puts you in in a completely different place whether it's talking about taking care of the land that you're farming or taking care of the kids that you're raising or taking care of of the money that you're managing whatever to to know that you are doing that on behalf of the actual owner puts you in a different mindset. So about three, maybe four lessons, we'll call them three general headers for today's lessons from the farm. What can the farm teach us about finance? That's what we're going to be talking about today on the Get Ready for the Future show. We're going to dive in a little bit more on the other side of the break with this lesson number one of stewardship and how that can apply to your finances. Stay with us. We're just getting started on the Get Ready for the Future show. Back in a moment. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. More straight talk about money after this break.
Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. And we welcome you in on the radio side, our listeners of the Get Ready for the Future show, and on social media. Thank you for watching the fastest four minutes in investing. And as you notice, that's not John. No. That's that's Janet. John's uh, resting his voice this week. He's had some... uh, what is it? I guess it's sinus problems. It, it? it is, yeah. but you know, we just did a, a farm show topic on the show, and so I, I think it, I think City Slicker was scared to be on there with us. So <laughs> he, he ran for the hills. So we're going to be talking about uh, the consumer confidence index right off the bat here. Uh, the consumer confidence index four months ago hit an 18-year high, and this is basically just a measurement of how consumers feel about the economy. Well, you can imagine four months ago, they felt pretty good. And then as the markets went down, since then, the index has had a decline of 18 points, which is the biggest three-month decline since 2011. So what does that all mean? Is this a temporary setback, what we saw in the last quarter, or is consumer confidence eroding? And are we headed towards the end of this long bull market? Well, let's take a look at some of the under the hood stuff here. We're going to use some research from John Lynch, who is the chief investment strategist for LPL Research. He talks a little bit about the reasons for this recent decline. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the market was number one, Janet. We, We were near bear market territory. Yeah. So let's talk about bear market for just a minute, because I think we throw these terms around and we don't really give people any parameters on what it really means. So we're looking for when we're down 20% over about a two month period of time, then then we've hit actual official bear market territory. We didn't get there. We got close. We could see it from where we were. But the other thing that I'll I'll circle back to is people have heard us talk about over the years, the over index. Mm -hmm. You know, when we talk about overconfidence, overspending, over borrowing. And so when we look at a decline in consumer confidence, I'm not so sure that that's a bad thing right. in terms of where the market is heading. And and so we're not at a point where consumers now are overconfident. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of reined that back in, gotten it into check. And, and frankly, that puts us in a position where we feel a little bit better about where we're headed. Yeah, perfect storm in that last quarter when you couple the near bear market with a slowdown in global growth. And there's no question that's happening. Government shutdown. Government shutdown. And then the trade issues that are still lingering even yeah. today. But when you talk about the slowdown, the, the, the earnings growth is still happening. It's just not happening, uh, at least in the United States, as, as at a rapid pace or a year-over-year pace like it was. It is still growing. Right. So at some point, uh, John Lynch thinks that we're going to return to the fundamentals. And, and I think that's a key thing to point out for everyone watching and listening today is, is that the market has fits. Right. There's no question about it. But you always have to look back to the fundamentals to see what it eventually is going to settle into. Absolutely. And, and frankly, it goes back to what's your so what personally? Yeah. What do you need to do about it? And sometimes you need to do something. Many times you don't. If you already have a plan in place, then you're probably good to stick to that because we've we've built into that plan preparation for times like this. It's not uncommon. It's going to happen. And when you talk about another one of the fundamental measurements, it's valuations on those stocks. And, and I like the word that John Lynn uses, he says that he thinks valuations in the markets are, quote, appropriate for right now. So at one point, not that long ago, we were talking about valuations being pretty high. Well, that's what a market correction will do for you. It pulls down those valuations and makes them more attractive. So again, all signs kind of looking towards this was a correction in the last quarter and not necessarily indicative of a bear market or even a recession in the near future. So right now, I mean, we've got the labor market. It continues to show strength for us. So that's a good sign for us. The bulk of the U.S. economic data is is looking fairly sound as well. So we feel like we're in a good position. That is a look at the, we just run out of time so quickly. That's a look at the fastest <laughs> four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues right after this. Don't touch that dial. Pop, Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this. 
Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. Casey probably had his ears plugged in there playing that song, right? He's not a big country music fan. It's all going to be country coming back from the breaks today, though, as we talk about lessons from the farm. What can the farm teach us about finance? And we do want to invite all of those folks who may be living on the farm in the Valonia area or Greenbrier, Moralton, Mayflower, just outside of Conway. We have our next Gen Wealth Academy workshop coming up on February 28th. Now, this is a free opportunity for you to come in to Mike's Place Restaurant in Conway and join us to learn about the three big risks that you'll face going into retirement. This is absolutely key, especially if you're five to ten years out in that retirement red zone that we talk so much about. And the key there is going from after years of accumulating, you're now turning into distributing those assets to yourself as income. What are the three biggest risks that you'll face in moving through that transition. We're going to talk about them, and we're going to talk about strategies to take them on. February 28th, 6.30, Mike's Place, Conway. All you have to do to register is go to getreadyforthefuture.com. We hope to see you there. Again, it's absolutely free, and as we talk about being education-driven at GenWealth, that is the focus of the GenWealth Academy workshop. There's no charge to attend, and we're not there to sell you anything we want to give you some free information about those three big risks. We've done that uh, presentation several times now for a couple of years all over the state of Arkansas, and it is always well-received, and it is, I think, too, Janet, in Arkansas ease. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We Again, we just try to, to speak in a comfortable way, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't want to talk over anybody's head. We wouldn't want you to do that. We tell people all the time, whatever it is that you do for a living, yeah. I guarantee you, you could lose me in your industry jargon. We're not going to do that here. We're very intentional about it. So talking today about uh, what the farm can teach us about finance, and we we sort of scratched the surface on the first lesson. We have three today, and stewardship is the first lesson, and we talked a little bit about that. But when it comes to stewardship, uh, I think the one of the places to jump off here is the giving mindset. You know, we talk a lot about saving for yeah, retirement, yeah. But, but how does the giving mindset, Janet, play into that overall mentality? Well, for us, I, I remember a few things that were just commonplace. I, dad, Dad's vision was not real good, and so if mom was around to write a check instead of dad having to do it, mom did it. And I remember every Saturday night, I would hear dad go, Elizabeth, get the checkbook. And that was to write a check for church on Sunday morning. And it, it was, I mean, you could almost set your watch by it. Saturday night, it was Lisbeth get the checkbook. And they were going to, you know, make that check out. And not that it was ever a whole lot, because they never made a whole lot. But there was that consistency in giving. And they didn't decide not to give in order to have a newer vehicle or not to give in order to have whatever else. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about in the first segment of the show about stewardship, that when you realize that it's not yours anyway, you know, keeping 90% of it or 85% or whatever your amount is, it is fine because none of it was yours in the first place. So being able to give back, whether it's to church or to other charitable organizations that you're passionate about. I remember my uncle uh, years ago talking about, we were, we were having a conversation about like, what do you get people for Christmas when they're at a point when they can get whatever they want, yeah, you know? Sure. And he said, he said, honey, I've, I've kind of realized that there's this point in life where you change from seeking success to seeking significance. Mm. And, and there's a lot of giving behind that, you know, and so we, we transitioned in his case from, you know, instead of giving him whatever that he, you know, he wasn't going to like a hickory farms basket or whatever for Christmas <laughs> that he could go get if he wanted it, right. but he didn't probably really want it anyway. Instead of doing that, it was, Hey, listen, we, we made a donation to feed Arkansas kids in your name, or we made a donation to, you know, we bought these bikes for these kids that wouldn't have had them otherwise. And, and that's something that means something to people. And I, th- I think it's just important to, uh, this is something, Chad, I know you learned growing up on the farm too. You got to look up and look around and realize what's going on in everybody else's world. And that's when you realize, you know, we ain't got it so bad. Just, just give. Yeah. And that's one of the things that the farm, I, I think, you know, you see the value in a lot of things a little bit differently. Yeah, you do. When you, when you see that uh, what uh, a piece of property or, you know, the the 
the crops or whatever you're growing or whatever you're you're uh, raising on the farm, the value and the time. It, it, it's yeah. a, it's a little bit it's a slower pace, and people are are seeing that value and they see the value also of giving back and replanting mm-hmm. those type of things. And one of the things that uh, you, we talk about seeing value in is one of our parts of the stewardship is buy used yeah. with cash. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I experienced uh, quite a bit of that growing up on the farm. As as I tell Dad a lot of times, I say, Dad, we've got eight eight tractors and one good battery. And he said, well, you know, that one battery will start it's any working. of those tractors. So, yeah. you know, he, he sees value in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's some of the things that, you know, when you look at your own personal finances is, you know, what what things do you have around you already that you can use and and that has true value that a lot of times that we just kind of in the fast pace that mm-hmm. we we have in this world that we just kind of put aside yeah. mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. actually using those resources. Uh, you don't have to be on the farm yeah. uh, to find value in a lot of things. But I think that's one of the things that goes along with the stewardship is using the resources that you do have yeah. so that it doesn't push you into uh, some of those credit situations. And don't you think that is more challenging today than ever? You know, I think about as you guys are sharing these stories, a lot of this is a generational thing. I, it is. I, I go back to my great-grandparents, and my great-grandparents grew up on a farm. And, and in fact, my great-grandfather just passed away about three and a half years ago. He was over 100 mm-hmm. years old. So, wow. so we're talking a about blessing. a gentleman uh, who lived through the Great Depression. Yeah. And he would tell stories about how he would line up. There was no work out there. I mean, he had a little yeah. bit of farmland, but not enough to work and not enough to profit. So he would go looking for work during this downtime. And people would come out to the farm looking for help, right? Yeah. yeah. And they would line up, and he said he was picked over other people because he brought his shovel with him. Oh, right. The other shovel guys, ready jobs he right was, there. He, yeah. would, he said that guy looks like he's ready to work. He's got yeah. his shovel. He's getting on, and it was a day's work. He had yeah. no guarantee past that. Right. He had a day's worth, well, day's work, and day's wages. So the value in a dollar. The, the importance of saving, the importance of giving, the importance of making do with what you have and not buying new and buying used, I think that came from the mindset of that generation. They experienced real poverty. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. So I don't know that you have to go to that level, but you have to develop some of that in your financial habits. Yeah, you do. To be able to, to, be able to save for your own retirement. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just to tell a, a brief story from our family, my, my grandfather was born in 1913, and he was born in a house that his dad built, and he built using it using bent nails. He, he found old bent nails and wow. straightened them out to wow. build the house. Now, I'm not that frugal. Most people call me frugal, but compared to my great grandfather, I probably waste a whole lot. You know, I've never straightened out a bent nail, you know, but, but where it came into play for, for me, I remember, and this was actually something I had, I had forgotten about until I was talking with my mom about this show. And she said, honey, when you'd go on school trips, you know, where you'd have to eat lunch somewhere on a field trip or whatever, she said, we'd give you money for lunch. And you'd eat the cheapest lunch that was possible, you know, and the other kids are like, I want ice cream. I want pie. There's nobody here to tell me no. So they would spend all of it. I would keep the change because mom and dad would let me, I would offer it to them when I got home and they're like, no, honey, you can keep it. So I would keep that. And between that and babysitting, I saved enough that when I was old enough to drive independently that I bought, well, I, I say I bought it. I had enough money to buy my first car with cash. We got there and I had my money and my daddy wouldn't let me do it. He decided, you know what, honey, I'm so proud that you did this. I'm actually going to pay it. You hang on to that. So he, he let me keep it. But the ability to to have saved and to have done that. And, and the key is there was never, and that was a $2,000 car, by the way, there was not a $500 check in any of that. There was $5 here and $2 there, and it just added up over time. And making those consistent decisions is really how it's how you become wealthy over mm-hmm. time. It's how you buy a used car with cash. Yeah. It's how you do all of those things. Well, and, and that that's that goes back to one of the the main points on stewardship is the emergency fund, yeah. Janet. And we yeah. talk about that over and over oh, yeah. and over. But you know as well as I do on the farm, there has to be oh, yeah. a 
source of funds for there for that emergency. Yeah, I mean, if you can't fix your equipment and it's at that time where, as we used to say, you got to hit it and get it, you know, if, if it is busy season and your equipment is broken down, you can lose everything. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to be able to maintain it. You've got to have an emergency fund. And the same is true in the rest of life, whether you're on a farm or not, you've got to be able to make ends meet. I can't exactly remember the exact percentage, but I know we've done it before of how many Americans could not pay a $1,000 bill yeah. if they needed to. They it's don't scary. Have, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a large number. And I, you know, to wrap up on my great grandparents, they probably, and I'm venturing a guess here a little bit, but I, I bet they never made more than $30,000 annually their entire sure. lives. Yeah. And, and when he finally got too old to work, my granddad didn't, my, he didn't really retire. Mm-hmm. He just got too old to go out in the field. He, he had six figures it saved yeah. up. Yeah, my my dad, I remember very clearly talking about um, there were many times when, uh, or years rather, where he didn't make more than $100 a week. And you do the math on that. And my mom was a school teacher. But they made wise decisions all the time about what they were going to do with, mm-hmm. with that money. Um, it, my dad was, I wish I could remember the age. My brother would know, but he was significant in years when, when he got his first new, new truck. Uh, it was a big deal. You know, I was already grown and out of the house. We did a show a few weeks ago about the average income in Arkansas, what the average Arkansan makes, and if they just cho- chose to save about, I think it was 10% what we what we went on. Mm-hmm, I can't mm-hmm. remember if it was 10 or 15. So. 10 or 15% of their income over time, what compound interest could potentially do to that. It, it is amazing. Don't, don't think that because you can't save much that you can't save any. Uh, if you want to hear that show, you can find our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. We've got about a minute left in this segment, almost halfway home. Lesson number one from the farm is stewardship. want to kind of give a little tease on what lesson number two is. It's it's hard work. Now, we, we talked about establishing that emergency fund, talked about uh, buying used, and when you earn money, give some of what you have. But the earning of that money, hard work, that, that has a lot of lessons that, that are applicable to finance oh, yeah, as well. Absolutely. Just got to stay focused. So we have just a few seconds left. I want to tell you about uh, a way to connect with the Genwell Financial Advisor. If you would like to meet with one, you can call our, our main office number, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355. Or you can just email us, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We have offices in West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, and Northwest Louisiana. So if you're hearing my voice today, there is a Gen Wealth Advisor ready to meet with you nearby. Back in a moment. Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. I want to hear a little bit of that yeah. before I start talking. Yeah. That's your favorite song from back in the day, right? It's one of them. It's one of them. <laughs> I just let it play. It's you Kenny know? Chesney, right? I've raked a little hay to that song. So <laughs> It's a big old jug of sweet tea is in there somewhere. There right? was some sweet tea. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about lessons from the farm today on the Get Ready for the Future show and what can the farm teach us about finance. And we have three lessons that we're kind of diving into. And we spent a lot of time on lesson one of stewardship. We're going to go into lesson two of hard work now. And and when you think about how this applies to your finances, I, I, I can't think of a better analogy, Janet, when you talk about work in the field, when you talk about planting crops and the time and the dedication and the sacrifice, all of that is applicable to to saving for retirement. Yeah, there is yeah. absolutely a parallel for every single bit of farming that you can think of. There's a parallel in the financial world, and we want to draw some of those today as we go through this. So in farming, there's a phrase that is well-known, you reap what you sow. And, and we talked a little bit about staying out of debt when it came to stewardship, but if you are creating debt, you're you're sowing yeah. a, a, a culture of debt in your household, then you are planting seeds of debt, and and that's going to affect you. It, you know, this is almost funny to me when I when I think through this because it would not shock anybody that when you plant rice, 
you're going to reap rice. You're not going to have a field of wheat or of strawberries or of anything else. You Mm -hmm. have planted rice, so that's what you're going to get. We all understand that in farming, but somehow financially we think, oh, I'll swipe the credit card and I'll be a millionaire one day. Mm -hmm. You're planting seeds of debt, not seeds of saving or seeds of investing. And it, it is absolutely true that you're going to reap what you sow. And so we have to pay attention to those little bitty tiny action. You know, Chad, if you think about, you know, how small those seeds are that you plant, you know, it's a little bitty tiny thing, but what does it turn into? And you're planting financial seeds every single day. And, and I would also challenge you to think about you're not only planting them in your life, but you're demonstrating them yes. for your children and, and you're planting seeds in their lives as well, either good ones or bad ones. You know, weeds have seeds too. So pay attention to what you're planting. Yeah. And Janet, probably one of the things that you've heard several times as well as I've heard on the farm is there's no free lunch. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and also there's not, there's nothing worth having that is free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it goes back to the hard work and it, The hard work has to start somewhere, and that's where I think you're talking about is planting the initial seed. So, you know, I I know there's probably some out there that are saying, well, you know, I'm just I'm in this rut of of credit cards or I'm in this rut of debt and I, I don't know how to get out of it. And that's one of the things that, you know, we welcome is is all situations Mm -hmm. and all situations have have to have a better beginning with the start. You know, um, we used to, it was a big deal in our family to have some of the cleanest crops around. In other words, if you drove by a field that had a lot of weeds in it, my husband will still say this today, he'll look at a field like that and be like, that's not Waldrop land. You know, you just know that's not Waldrop land because we wouldn't have had it that way. And, And my brother was a little bit older and he's got more memories of this, but he talks about, man, when there was weeds out there, we'd get every kid within a 10 mile radius and we'd get out there and pick weeds, and then those kids would get paid in hot dogs and Kool-Aid, you know, but the weeds got pulled out, you know. But yeah. but what you've got to do, we kind of joke about that now, but if you will, we're going to use a Dave Ramsey word here, if you will gamify this, you know, get your kids involved. If you've got credit card debt or you've got student loans or whatever, seriously, get the kids involved. And we've seen people do um, paper chains where each chain on the paper, you know, you know, each one of the links on the paper chain represents a debt or maybe a thousand dollars or whatever. And each time they get one paid off, you know, maybe it's hot dogs and Kool-Aid, whatever, whatever your party is, do something fun. And then everybody's involved in it. And it moves along so much faster than if you had to pull those weeds all yeah. on your and own. And that's a, that's an exact parallel right there yeah. is the kids are involved. Yeah. Cause I mean, how yes. many times were the kids involved on the farm? Oh man. We didn't have a choice. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think about going back and starting. I remember, you know, at at where the farm is now and and the amount of uh, cattle that we have now, but it didn't always start that way. I remember that we even started uh, with bottle calves. And, you know, it, it was a situation of taking in bottle calves. And that's how dad originated the herd. And, and, you know, we had a, we played a major help in that. And it was not always pretty mm-hmm. because it was some work. I can remember, uh, at times they made it to the garage as well as I've seen one in the kitchen floor before, <laughs> you know, because we at getting started. It is messy. It is it, you know, getting on the right track. You got to do some things that are a little bit painful. Not yeah. everything is a perfect picture of a pasture and just throwing cows out there or throwing seeds out in a field and it just automatically comes up. So I think the point is getting started much like on the farm is sometimes it gets a little messy and there are times, there are periods that it does, uh, it takes a little bit to be able to get to the point where you're actually seeing things grow. Now, I think I know what bottle calves are, but just in case somebody out there like me, for instance, doesn't know, does that mean they're still nursing? They're still nursing nursing with the bottle? Yes. Okay. I just want to be clear because I've never heard that term before. (laughs) I I grew up in Stuttgart. There wasn't any cattle. It was rice. It was all rice everywhere. That's right. He's kind of a city boy, but he was, you know, not very far from the rice fields. I I was in the city limits, but I was 100 yards from a rice field. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a country boy. That's That's the way it works in Stuttgart. That's right. Lessons from the farm, hard work. Let's talk a little bit about how, so we've talked about getting started, getting out of debt. Let's say you have been saving a little bit. Let's talk about how this applies to investing. You know, I think about 
the term yield, crop yield, right? When it comes to farming, that applies uh, obviously to investing. And, and it begins with the soil. You know, you're trying to get as yeah. much to that, that soil to produce as much crop yield as you can. And then that goes into, uh, they look at the prices when they sell that, that crop, uh, the harvest, the prices have to do with how much profit. They've got to kind of begin with the end in mind, be able to do that figuring, that math to know, what do I need to do to succeed? Yeah. And I think that is a really good application for people who have been started saving, but they really have no plan. Well, and if you back up even farther, you talk about things like crop rotation. You yeah. know, that if you plant the same same crop every year, you're going to rip the soil of those nutrients. You've mm-hmm. got to be able to rotate it. That represents diversification in investing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it all circles back to, as you were indicating, Scott, there's a plan. There needs to be a plan. And a, a good farmer has a plan about what crops they're going to use, where they're going to use them, when they will be planted, when they will be harvested, and then being able to make the right decision about when you actually sell those crops later on. The same is true of investing. And so it's important to sit down with somebody with a financial advisor and get that plan together for your finances and understand what does diversification mean for you in terms of investing? What do you need to have in terms of a harvest? You know, what does that need to look like in order to satisfy your retirement goals later on? Yeah. And and Janet, you know, one of the things that comes along with hard work is some of those downpours. Yeah. Oh my and, gosh. And that's, yeah. you know, we can draw that parallel with the market is, you know, we don't always have control of what mother nature or yeah. the market is going to do. So, you know, one of those things is protecting what we do have. Mm-hmm. That makes me think about one of my favorite stories about hard work for my dad. And actually, this is a really good week to tell it because we've had such a downpour this past week. There's a, a little place here in Saline County that normally is an excuse for a creek. It's little more than, than drainage flowing off, but it looked like a small river this week because water was just gushing through from all the rain that we've had. There was a, a storm comparable to that that came through years ago. And my, my dad, we had, we had lots of rice grown up and my dad was responsible for maintaining the rice levees. And Scott, I understand you've actually put yeah. in, you've put in rice levees before. Briefly, that's, yes. that's, that's some hard work. Yes, it and is. so my dad would go out and, and maintain the, the levees and, and adjust the boxes for the flow of water and everything. If you don't know what a rice levee is, take a minute and go Google it and, mm-hmm. and look at those pictures. But you're out in a, field filled with water mosquitoes water moccasins Mm -hmm. you name it it's all kinds of fun not pleasant and so anyway what happened this particular time the levee kept washing away Mm -hmm. because the rain was just torrential and so dad was out there with one of the farmhands and they were trying to to shovel the mud back up in the midst of this torrential rain and save the levee and therefore save the crop right it just kept washing away over and over and over again. And dad was like, my gosh, what in the world are we going to have to do? So finally, dad laid down in the water mm. next to the to the levee and let this farmhand shovel mud up against his back mm. until they could get it to stay in place. Mm-hmm. And so you think about, I don't care what you do. You know, we're talking about the farm owner letting the farm hand shovel mud up against him. Okay, let that soak in for just a minute. He didn't ask the other guy to do it. He got down there and did it. Whatever you've got to do to move your family forward, you need to figure it the heck out and yeah. do it. And that's that's the example that my dad set for us. If I could say anything about him, he was a strong giver and he was an amazingly strong worker. Yep. And, and Janet, we're not asking people to come in the office and lay down and we're going to throw mud on them <laughs> or anything like that. Nope, nope. But we do know that downpours are coming. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and this, this market volatility can be very scary sometimes. And some people feel like that everywhere they turn, they're getting mud thrown on them. Yeah. You know, we're talking to them about their debt. We're talking to them about, you know, saving more. They're, they're looking at the overall expenses time and time again. You know, everything is drawing their dollar away from them. And, you know, that's but I think that's one of the things that we can do is sometimes calm some of those uh, downpours and try to, you know, patch the holes right. in order to get to the next day. Well, and that goes back to our philosophy that prescription without diagnosis is malpractice. You've got to build the plan. So when you talk about that farming analogy and the fact that failure is not an option with with Janet's dad yeah. you had to do what it takes then you've got to develop that mindset that failure is not an option and then you've got to develop that plan 
to make sure you get where you want to get to in retirement. Because that's the goal. The goal, the goal for Janet's dad was to make sure the crop didn't fail. The goal for you in retirement is to make sure you don't run out of money before you run out of time. And I'll tell you, every farmer and probably every farmer's kid in Arkansas remembers 1980. And as I say the year, you can picture ground cracked from the dryness. There was a drought like I never remember any other time in my lifetime. Those droughts are going to happen financially, too. And just like a farmer needs to be prepared for years like that on the farm, because they're not going to happen often, but they are going to happen, you need to plan for that financially. It's just part of it. So looking ahead, you don't know when it's going to come, but you know it's going to happen, and you need to be ready. Building that plan starts with a call to a GenWealth Financial Advisor, 501-653-7355 to set up an appointment or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Farming lessons that can help us with our finances. We're back with our final segment next. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. More where that came from after the break. If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Hey, going way back with that one. You know the name of that one, right, Chad? Oh, yeah. John Deere Green. John Deere Green. It is an official color. Yeah, we've heard John Deere Green... She thinks my tractor's sexy. And what was the first one? Down on the farm, right? Down on the farm. Down on the farm. As we talk about lessons from the farm, what can the farm teach us about finance? Today on the Get Ready for the Future show, wrapping it up in this segment, I want to remind you again about our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop. If you are in the retirement red zone, as we like to call it, that means five to ten years out from retirement, you are going into a, a transition moving from accumulating. You've been saving, you have life savings now, and now that life savings has to last you, as we call it, the distribution phase, turning that life savings into lifetime income and making sure that you don't run out of money before you run out of time. And where we are in the market, and really at any point in time when you walk into retirement, you'll be facing three big risks. And we're going to talk about that at our upcoming Gen Wealth Academy workshop. That's the title of it, Three Big Risks. It's February 28th at 6.30 at Mike's Place in Conway. So anybody near Conway, you know anybody in Conway, call and let them know about this opportunity. It is absolutely free to attend. Dinner will be provided, and Chad and I have done uh, uh, workshops at Mike's Place for a, a few times now, and we can tell you that the food is excellent there. Absolutely. So come on, join us for dinner. 6.30 the start time, no cost, and we are not there to sell you anything. We are going to talk about these three big risks. There will be some takeaways that you can apply regardless of where you are in your march towards retirement. But I think especially if you're five to 10 years out, you need to put this on your calendar and make sure to plan to attend. And we have all kinds of Gen Wealth Academy workshops coming up all through the spring. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. That's also where you can register for the workshops. And again, they're absolutely free to attend. Also want to tell you, as we promised you at the beginning of the show, it's an opportunity right now for you to get a free copy of John and Janet's book, Your Retirement Should Be More. We're going to give away copies to the first five people who email us right now. If you're listening to the show right now, email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Info at getreadyforthefuture.com. All together, no hyphens, no, no periods. And if you are one of the first five people to tell us, I want the book, we're going to get it to you. Your Retirement Should Be More has been out since November. Each chapter starts with the word more, and it's really built from the concept that John had, Janet, that your retirement is more than just investments. And we've talked a little bit about that in this show. Yeah, absolutely. And frankly, although there aren't really any farming stories in the book, some of the, some of the parallels that we've talked about today are in there. Like in this segment of the show, we're going to talk about caring for others Mm -hmm. and talk about passion and purpose. And that is definitely in the book. Your, your retirement needs to have more purpose. There needs to be a, a passion that you're pursuing. It's not about going home and sitting in the rocking chair. It is about pursuing something with passion and purpose. If you'd like to find out more about the book, retirementshouldbemore.com is the uh, web address that we've developed for that book. 
Lessons from the farm. Lesson number one today was stewardship. Lesson two, hard work. And as Janet has alluded to, lesson three, our final lesson from the farm and how it can apply to our finances is caring for others. And there's a lot of different directions we can go here, Chad. But when you talk about the lesson of of paying it forward, it, it, it really goes back to we talked a little bit about giving, but there's all sorts of ways that applies on the way to retirement and even in retirement, quite frankly. Yeah, and I don't think that you can probably talk to a farmer that across Arkansas for sure that doesn't have a passion for what they do. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it is it, – the work, the hard work that we yeah. alluded to, you've got to have a passion in order to keep you driving forward and having that grit each and every day. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, we see uh, those that have a passion for the next step after retirement – we see that grit and the hard work and we see them putting back and delaying that gratitude of, of some of those things while they, they are in their working years to save so that they can fulfill some of those passions after retirement. You know, one of the, one of the lessons that I will never forget, and I had the opportunity to, to participate in this on several occasions growing up. Uh, my mom made most of my clothes, you know, unless it was blue jeans and a t-shirt, mom made whatever else it was that I was wearing. She made my prom dress. She made my wedding dress. She saved us bukus of money over the years by making, and I even look back at pictures and she goes, oh yeah, there's that coat that I made you. And I thought that thing looks like it came from Dillard's. I didn't know mama made it. I knew it didn't come from Dillard's, but you know, so she did those types of things over the years. But when I would outgrow them, those things weren't done. Even though they were handmade, you know, they got handed down to somebody else. I didn't have a younger sister. And so there was there was this family uh, who lived down the road from us who didn't have anywhere near as much as what we had. Not that we had much, but they were in a, in a tougher situation. And I remember taking those hand-me-downs to them and the little girl would pull stuff out of the out of the sack you know the grocery sack and just look at them and hold them up and hold them to her like it was the newest most beautiful thing ever made and she would literally wring her hands together with excitement over my Mm hand-me-downs and and i think okay what what are we doing what are we doing to help other people? What are we doing to fuel their souls? You know, that was so simple, just giving away the, the old clothes that I couldn't even wear anymore because I'd outgrown them. But what are you going to do in retirement to make somebody so excited that they wring their hands together because you're there making a difference? Yeah, you told the story earlier in this show about the, the gift giving. And your yeah. uncle saying, you know, you can giving something to somebody who can go out and buy anything they want. So it becomes a little bit less important to give uh, uh, material gifts in retirement, finding that purpose. You can only play so much golf, right? I mean, the the time spend is enormous once you walk away from work and you have to kind of be able to create that purpose or find that purpose. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't say create it. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's in in you. Yeah. Yeah. I heard I heard a new one just a few weeks ago. We've got a retiree um, who asked about um, he was telling us about this this group where they do table tennis and and it was it was actually um, it was very endearing to actually hear him tell this story I've never seen somebody excited about table tennis but here's the reason he was excited about it is it's getting teenagers off the street who would be doing crap that they don't need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that involves a a great deal of of finances. It's time. Mm -hmm. And for most people, that's really what their passion requires is just the time. But think about the difference that that he's making in those lives. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's something that he's passionate about. You know, we talk a lot about our, on our show, uh, our role as planners, our role as CFO, your personal chief financial officer. Yeah. That, that's kind of the reason why. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you think about even if you've managed your own investments over the course of your work life, when you reach retirement, I think of the story of the gentleman that John and I sat with not that long ago, and he, he was very savvy about investments. He, he was 
in in a field that sort of gave him some uh, knowledge about that that would be above and beyond the normal the normal person. But when he came in, he said, "If I handled this myself in retirement, I would not be able to sleep at night." Yeah, and, yeah. and that's why he wanted the help of a financial advisor so that he could spend time mm-hmm. finding his purpose and enacting that purpose. And that's where that planning really is so beneficial. Oh yeah, absolutely. So to be able to handle the financial planning so that you can use your time how you want to, you know, I, I realized this was this huge epiphany that everybody else has probably already had, but I realized in, in talking with my mentor recently about some, some challenges in raising teenagers, it just clicked with me that, that one of the frustrations is that many times they've not found something they're passionate about. And when you're not passionate about anything, you don't do much, right. you know. And so, I, it it just it was really just this groundbreaking realization for me that that was the difference. And, and then I thought, why in the world haven't I seen that? Because it's the same with retirees. If you really are fired up about something, you're going to enjoy your retirement a whole lot more. And we just think it's so important for you to plan for that ahead of time financially so you can pursue what your heart wants you to pursue. Yeah, there's no question the opposite can be true, too. You probably heard stories about people who retire and they lived all of their purpose through their work life yeah. and they had nothing to do and they didn't live very long. Yeah, you're right. Oftentimes. You're right. So as we get ready to wrap up, we talked about lessons on the farm. Uh, lesson number one was stewardship. Have an emergency fund. Buy used. Buy with cash. And give to others. It's that mindset uh, that that uh, that Janet and Chad grew up with on the farm, and, and to a certain extent, me in the city slash farm you know, <laughs> that helps helps you in your finances to be able to pay uh, out of pocket when something happens and avoid debt. Hard work was lesson two. Putting in the hard work now will result in good payouts later. We talked about the soil. What what kind of soil are you planting in? It's it's one thing to save, but what kind of investment strategy do you have, either pre-retirement or in retirement? That soil has to produce a good yield. And then finally, in this segment, we talked about caring for others. Find your passion and purpose, and, it, and you can't retire from something. You have to retire to something, and that is certainly very beneficial in the retirees that that we work with here at GenWealth. So as we wrap up, guys, the the lifestyles from the farm certainly have application to finance. We we would certainly love to sit down with uh, any of you listening today, whether you're coming from the farm or not, uh, and and build that written plan on paper on purpose that can kind of guide you, not only just guide you, but also provide that target out there. You know, we talked about at one point in the last segment about the 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 crops failing was the avoidance. You had to make sure you did whatever it takes. Yeah. Failure was not an option. I would say the same is true for retirement. Failure is not an option, and having it on paper on purpose gives you that target out there to keep you driving, keep you motivated. Yeah, you you've absolutely got to choose to to do the difficult things. You know, like we were talking about, Dad laying down beside the levee. There's never going to be a day when you wake up and go, "That's what I'm going to do today." You mm-hmm. know, but you you got to buy the bill and go, "Okay, I'm going to deal with planning for my future." financially. Today is going to be the day that I call and set an appointment and set things in motion for my family and for our future. 501-653-7355 is the number to call or email us at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Don't forget about the three big risk Gen Wealth Academy workshop, February 28th at 630 at Mike's Place in Conway. You can register at getreadyforthefuture.com and we will talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. 